Welcome back to Making Sense of Money, a podcast dedicated to making financial concepts easier to understand. I'm Andrew Pellegrini. And I'm your other host, Nikki Jenkola Shanks. So last episode, we did something a little bit different. We re-aired our podcast from July of 2021 called Time to Travel with an updated intro to kind of give you a better idea of what to consider when you're using the same concepts that we discussed in the original podcast with updated information because things have changed a lot in the last year and a half. We also co-hosted a webinar titled Spend Less, Travel More on December 7th with our partners as part of the Get Savvy, Grow Your Green Stuff webinar series. If you're looking for some financial tips, both while planning for or while you're actually traveling in the upcoming year or coming up real soon, just please check those out. We'll make sure that those links are both in the show notes. And so since the end of 2022 is upon us and the beginning of 2023 will be here before we know it, we're going to turn our attention to everyone's favorite topic around this time of year, resolutions. So a few interesting statistics around resolutions. According to CBS News, there have been an interesting, the last three years, kind of drop in resolution. So from 2019 to 2020, about 42% of people made resolutions. From 2020 to 2021, 43%. However, from 2021 to 2022, that dropped down to 29% of people making resolutions. So why the drop? Every episode we've been saying, it's probably somehow related to the pandemic and COVID-19. There was some research out there talking about the unpredictability of the past few years probably had some sort of an impact. Just the fact that people thought that they had plans and then they got canceled. So it's hard to, you know, almost feel like, why why am I going to do, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Why bother? Right. It didn't work out last year. Why bother? So a few other interesting tidbits from the CBS article, they reported that in December 2020, people who were hopeful, which was about seven in 10 Americans, were much more likely to make resolutions. But in December 2021, seven in 10 people were still hopeful, but they were more cautious. Only 30% of people in the hopeful category said they would make resolutions. That was down 46% from the year before. So again, that kind of plays into that unpredictability. Like, yeah, I'm still hopeful, but I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to leave it alone. Another interesting kind of stat, this was according to Statista, it's very common for some people to have some type of resolution that involves their finances. There could be very variations among what that is, but something related to finances. In fact, 24% of people, so nearly a quarter, listed to live more economically as one of their resolutions in 2021. Resolutions are hard, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or not, right? They're all, they, they have been, they've always been hard. They will continue to be hard. And financial goals or resolutions are definitely no exception. However, we talk a lot about having goals on this podcast and having financial goals 
is important and it allows you to make large purchases you want or take a trip, save for retirement, cover emergency expenses, whatever it may be that you personally need. So today we want to encourage you to think about your finances when you look to 2023 and what you would like to achieve in 2023 regarding your finances. So I think one element that some people get hung up on when it comes to making financial goals is that they assume that the goals have to exclusively deal with like the status component of money, right? And and when we're talking about encouraging you to think about personal finances as you create your resolutions, I think what Nikki and I really want you to consider is your overall financial well-being, which is your your personal relationship with your finances and figuring out a way to kind of stabilize how you feel about your financial situation or your relationship with money. So it may not be like you have a specific savings goal or you may not it may not be like grow more wealth. It might be something simple like set up your estate plan so that the people you care about, the people that you love, have a better idea of what to do when you pass away. We talked about that in a previous episode. And that one's kind of personally very important to me is thinking about the organization components of finances that can help me practice things that I value and engage in my identity, like my identity as a spouse or a sister or a daughter in a way that is meaningful and helps the people that I love, right? So I I just wanted to kind of add that consideration when you're thinking about finances. And, and like Nikki said, and as we've all experienced, it's super difficult to keep resolutions in general. Motivation is hard to maintain. Behavior is super difficult to change, and there are tons of distractions going on, especially now. Everything is distraction. (laughs) Yes. I I feel like the the easiest part is to make resolutions. The hardest part is to actually do them or do what you need to do to complete that resolution. Absolutely. I agree. The, The planning part is much easier for a lot of us. Not everyone. Some people, they struggle with the plan part and they're like, I just do things. I'm like, make it happen kind of person, not create a a big plan. But we're obviously planners, so we're going to talk more about that component. So according to Forbes, about 80% of resolutions fail by February. In fact, in 2019, there was this fitness company called Strava that analyzed over a millions of people's data and found that by the second Friday in January, most had abandoned their goals, which is very early in the year, right? They've actually dubbed this day as National Quitters Day, which is both hilarious and extremely sad. I have conflicting feelings about this day. I agree. It it is both funny and sad, but I think, so Strava, I used to run half marathons and, and they're they do a lot, but like I knew it in terms of running. And I think their point of trying to dub it that day, and they've put out articles since then about, if you know, this day is coming, get over this hump. Like that's kind of like, 
get past this and it gets easier, I think is kind of what they're thinking around National Quitters Day, but it is both sad and hilarious. Yes. And is now a marketing ploy, right? Getting you to, but it's, it's valuable from a behavior change perspective. When you set your goals closer together or like put it so it's just in sight, then it's easier to get to because you can visualize that goal. And like, was it second Friday in January? That's a, it's pretty easy to see it, right? On your calendar. You don't have to flip to a different page typically, right? You just see it. Right. <laughs> and we're, we're talking about resolutions and financial goals and failing at them because we want you to be successful. So knowing where people typically are challenged can help us identify ways to work around that. So let's say today we're going to give you some tips on on how to make and keep your resolutions by using the SMART goal method, which we've talked about many, many times. There are lots of different goal setting methods out there. This is the one I'm most familiar with. And there's different ways to define each one of the letters in the SMART acronym. Typically how I use it is specific as S, M is measurable, A is agreed upon, R is realistic, and T is timely. There are lots of other ways that each of those can be defined and you can modify them however you need to for the specific goal that you are are reaching, right? Some people, instead of A meaning agreed upon uh, because they don't have other people that need to weigh in on there financial goal, they'll say achievable. And we're going to go through what each of these things means, but that's kind of like the the overview of SMART goals. So SMART goals can be used for any, any goal that you have or any resolution, but for the purposes of this podcast and for our exercise today, we're going to show you how it can be used towards your financial goals. So just for the purpose of this exercise, let's say our financial resolution is build an emergency savings fund. We also are going to assume that we don't have a partner or any dependents in this situation. So it's just us and we just want to build our own emergency savings fund. To start, the S in SMART goals stands for specific. So this is the who, what, where, when, why type of questions when it comes to your goal. We could expand it a little to say, okay, well, I want to build an emergency savings fund in 2023 to be able to cover unexpected bills, all right? So like we took something that was very generic, build an emergency savings fund, and the first thing we're going to do is make it very specific. I'm going to build, that's the who, me, I'm going to build an emergency savings fund, the what, in 2023, when, why, to be able to cover unexpected bills or expenses. So to add to, because Nikki also kind of uh, premised with the 2023 that there's going to be a time element, but we didn't identify the measurable component of that yet. This is typically when it comes to finances, the amount that you will need to reach your goals. Let's say, because I know that a large percentage of the U.S. adult population can't cover a $400 surprise expense without borrowing or selling something they own, I want to have at least a thousand dollars saved towards my emergency fund. That's the measurable component. 
The measurable component of a SMART goal can also describe an action that you want to take. It may not be necessarily like a savings goal. It might be a cut spending goal. For instance, let's say you want to spend 20% less on food away from home. So if you're tracking your food spending, this would give you a good idea of if you're actually working and making progress towards this goal. And some of the sub goals underneath that overarching SMART goal, if it was to cut spending, might be methods of cutting spending. Or if it's task oriented, like I want to set up my beneficiaries by a certain date, then, you know, that component would be like, make sure to set up both the primary beneficiary and any contingent beneficiaries. That's a measurable component, right? One primary beneficiary, three contingent beneficiaries by the time date, right? So again, for our illustration, I went on a little tangent, but for our illustration, we want to have $1,000 saved towards our emergency fund. Okay, so as Andrea kind of talked about, the A stands for agreed upon. So this is communication, basically, for anyone that's contributing to the goal or communicating with anyone that that goal may affect. So for example, if you have a partner then you need to agree that you guys together can afford what you're setting up, which may mean you have to make some sacrifices, like not eating out as much together. If you're saving for a big purchase, you need to make sure, whether it's a roommate or a partner, whoever, that you're agreed what that purchase actually is. You may need a new couch, but Somebody may want, you know, a new used couch and somebody else is like, no, let's get it off the showroom floor, right? Like you have to make sure you guys are on the same page. Just make sure you're agreed what you're actually, you you and whoever it may affect, right? Agree what you're doing. One thing I like, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Andrew. One thing that I like to use as an example with agreed upon is let's say you're making a, a SMART goal to save for vacation and you're going to go with your sibling and your sibling wants to go to Boston and you want to go to San Francisco. That's a very important thing to agree upon. And so discussing that specific destination and agreeing upon the destination is very important to that SMART goal and its feasibility. And so for the purposes of our SMART goal, our example, right? We said, Let's say it's just us. We're we're not in a relationship. We don't have a partner. We don't have any dependents. However, I may still want to express my goal to anyone who may be purchasing me gifts in 2023. Because maybe instead of a physical gift, I'm going to say, hey, I'd much rather have money this year to put towards my emergency fund. Or maybe it's going to be like, because I'm putting more money towards my emergency fund, I need gift cards to get clothes, like something that you may need. So while it's not technically agreed upon, it's still that communication factor of this is my goal. I am, I am telling people who, and having this conversation by having that conversation with other people as well, besides making sure that everybody agrees on it, who needs to, it, there is some sort of accountability in there as well right? That like once somebody knows what you're working towards, it could be an extra reminder if if you need that or want that. 
And so the R is realistic. And this one seems kind of straightforward. You're not going to set goals that you can't reach, especially after we just talked about it being easier to reach goals when you can kind of see them. Even if they're a little far away, you can see them. When it comes to realistic goals, you want to set something that you can achieve. And when it comes to financial goals, you may need to assess where your flexible spending is so that you can kind of identify where there's opportunity to set additional funds aside that you might need to reach that goal. In our case, the $1,000 goal for the whole year. So for that goal, we would need to save at least $83.33 every month in order to reach the $1,000 kind of threshold by the end of the year. And we need to figure out if that $83.33 is a realistic amount with the rest of our budget and other expenses in order to make that a feasible goal by the end of the year. For example, that number's doable, but we'll probably have to watch how we're spending in other categories that might be flexible, and we may have to revisit it, right? If we get halfway through and an emergency happens and we dip into our emergency fund, which is what its purpose is, we might need to reevaluate where we are. One thing I wanted to comment on about the R for realistic is for me personally, this is where I feel like my goals and resolutions usually fall short because in my head, I'm like, I'm going to have, I'm going to do all these things. Like I want, like, like I want to do this. Right. But realistically, I need to think about what I'm actually capable of given my commitments, whether that's money commitments, time commitments, whatever it may be. And particularly, I think going back to that fitness company example, right. That Strava had put out that a lot of people quit. It's because people start, you know, they go from like exercise and I'd be guilty about this too. I'm not exercising. Now I'm going to exercise six days a week to go from zero to six is a lot. Right. So like you have to make it realistic in a way that's achievable for you. It's not supposed to be something that is so out of reach that you're like punishing yourself trying to meet that. Realistic to me is something that I feel like could contribute a lot to National Quitters Day because you're like, I'm going to start doing this and then it's not. I think the the comment that you made about like doing everything, right? That is where the realist, it's not realistic to do everything. It's not realistic to save for all the goals at once, or you have to compromise in some areas in order to make it realistic, especially with finances, right? There's a finite amount of income typically that you have. Some people can make more, but some people can make less. There's that income volatility that can affect whether or not we make progress towards goals. But if you're, for instance, paying down debt, maybe multiple types of debt, saving for multiple types of goals, And also like, let's say randomly supporting extended family members, because that is something that's part of your identity and you care very deeply about, and it may not be kind of a conscious goal that you have, but it is part of your behavior that contributes to your, your overall feelings of well-being and satisfaction. They're all financial and it's hard to do everything at once, right? 
And we got to think about that component of realistic as well. That's why when we talk about goals, I like to come back to revisit it regularly because it may not be working like you thought it could. And I mean, I'll give an example just personally about financial goals that we have to revisit currently because my husband and I sat down and we met with a financial planner and we, you know, we have college accounts set up for our child and retirement accounts. And we are doing what we wanted to do this past year in terms of savings. But going forward, we know we're going to have to go back and sit down and revisit this because guess what, guys? Daycare is really expensive. So how do we have to shift things around, right? It doesn't mean that it's necessarily a failure. It's just that sometimes you have to, you can't do everything. Like you just can't, you have to make a realistic goal because like Andrea said, there's only, particularly when it comes to finances, there's only so much money. You don't want to bank on winning the lottery. That's not realistic. You 100%, know? not a realistic financial goal in the lottery. <laughs> Yes. And it's the same thing when people are like, well, I'm going to save, or I'm going to make a million dollars. I've heard people say this, right? Like I'm going to, how are you going to do that in a year? Realistically, (laughs) you know? So to me, the hardest part of a smart goal is that realistic to, to have that honest conversation with myself to be like, what am I actually going to be doing? What can, what, what is a goal that is something I can achieve that pushes me a little bit, but not so much that I'm going to automatically abandon it. I think it requires a certain level of introspection that not everyone is comfortable with. (laughs) I I think that's fair. (laughs) All right. So last but not least, the T in SMART goals stands for timely. So that is when do you want your goal to be completed by? A lot of resolutions are when people sit down and make them are supposed to be for a year, but that doesn't have to be right. People may say, I want to do this by the first quarter of the year, end of the year, middle of the year, et cetera. So for our purposes with our goal, we're going to say we want the entire year to build this savings, the emergency savings. So we'll say we want to complete our goal by December 31st, 2023. So that gives us an entire year. Again, maybe we want to say, I, this is my goal to have this by the 31st, but I know I'm going to reevaluate in June, halfway through, right? Something like that. But this way you're giving yourself those kind of deadlines. So using the SMART goal method, our initial financial resolution of build an emergency savings fund became save $1,000 by December 31st of 2023 for an emergency saving fund by setting aside $83.33 per month. So as you can see, SMART goals can help to make resolutions a little bit more specific and therefore more achievable. And we want to encourage you to make some financial resolutions for 2023 using maybe the SMART goal method or another method that you're familiar with, uh, whether it's an emergency savings fund, uh, saving for a large purchase, a vacation, setting up, organizing your finances, maybe. I mean, that example, whatever it is that you're striving for. 
financial resolutions may, may not be the most popular type of resolution, but they can make a significant impact on your life as well as the lives of people you love, people you care about, which is why I keep stressing that organizing component of your life. Thank you um, so much for joining us today. And if you decide to make a financial resolution, feel free to share them with us. You can email us at studentmoney at uillinois.edu. This is actually going to be our last episode of 2022. We're going to be taking a few weeks off for the holiday season. And we just want to say thank you for listening to us for another year. And we hope that, you know, you are able to take some time for yourself and relax during this crazy season that is upon us. Fun season, but often crazy. Don't forget to take some naps. And again, when it comes to your financial resolutions and you feel like you're starting to be challenged, think about revisiting those resolutions. Make them something that's easier to achieve And don't forget to reflect on what you've achieved regularly, not just at the end of the year. It helps us feel more motivated when we recognize what we've accomplished. So just consider that when you're thinking about your financial resolutions. We have a lot planned for 2023, so make sure that you don't miss anything by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and enjoy your holiday season.